Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for joining in. A little later in the program, we're going to talk to David Dennis, a cultural commentator and journalism lecturer at Morehouse College, who's written a really interesting column in advance of the Super Bowl, comparing Colin Kaepernick, who the quarter, uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback who kneeled uh, during the national anthem during much of the season, to Tom Brady, who's the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Uh, and thought of as certainly the best playing now uh, in the game, maybe one of the best ever. Uh, David Dennis says there's something more American about what Colin Kaepernick did than what Tom Brady has been saying about American politics. So we'll hear why he thinks that's so. And of course, we'll want to hear from you, uh, not only about Kaepernick and Brady, but let's talk about the Super Bowl generally. How excited are you for it? Uh, Are you paying attention to it? How excited are you for the commercials? Apparently some big Budweiser commercial coming out on Sunday that will deal with immigration, which is sort of an unusual turn during uh, Super Bowl commercials. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that later in the show. Uh, up front, though, I want to welcome Nolan Finley, who is the editorial page editor of the Detroit News, to the studio. Nolan, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Steve. Absolutely. So uh, Nolan's here uh, this week because, uh, as we have said all year, we are trying on Fridays to bring in somebody to the studio who sees the world through different lenses than I do. All week I get to sit here and say what I think and bring in people that uh, I can have conversations with. And you guys get an awful lot of what my view of the world looks like. We try on Fridays now to bring in somebody who thinks a little differently about things. And I guess uh, when I think about folks who see the world differently from me, maybe at the top of that list ah. is <laughs> is Nolan Finley. Uh, <laughs> a good friend of mine, no, no question about that, but uh, certainly somebody who processes information differently than I do and comes up with conclusions uh, that that mostly I would not. Still uh, working on you, brother. <laughs> that's right. I, I, I think that's one of the things that, that uh, maybe people who see us together on television or see us around socially in town don't quite get, which is that I think for both of us, there's this sense that I could reach him. I could get him. Ah. I could get him over on our side, and we're both <laughs> both sort of working at cross purposes that way. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll just flop sides, right? You like you'll become tell. me, I'll become you. You could never tell. I don't know. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call. Talk about the week's news. Big week in news, of course. Uh, breakneck speed out of the Trump administration, doing lots of things that have gotten lots of. Reactions. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also talk about some local issues. What do you think about Microsoft moving downtown? Uh, right now, I believe they are uh, they are holding a press conference. Uh, Dan uh, Gilbert and Mike Duggan, the mayor of Detroit, talking about the fact that Microsoft has decided to move uh, at least an office or a presence downtown to Detroit. Uh, lots of people thinking about doing that now. Lots of people planning to do that. Downtown is changing. Last night I was out on Woodward Avenue uh, walking home and I heard this odd little train whistle uh, behind me. I turned around and looked and there was the light rail car, big red a train coming up uh, Woodward behind me. Uh, have you seen the light rail? Or are you excited about that? I am excited about it. I will be on it almost every day, I believe. Uh, give us a call, 
1019 is the number to join the conversation, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Nolan, I want to start with uh, something that just happened. Uh, a federal judge in Detroit apparently has issued an injunction against President Trump's travel restrictions uh, on seven, seven nations. Uh, I am still trying to get uh, all of the details about what uh, what happened there. It did just happen right before we went on the air. Uh, but it, 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 I think it's fair to say that whatever the scope of this injunction, this is the first of many, uh, many different uh, legal machinations that I think he set off with this ban. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he... It, um, I guess, was to be expected when you rush through something as complex and sweeping as this order was and do it sort of on a Friday night or, or Saturday morning before you have the people in place who you've hired to advise you on these matters. You, you know, it's almost predictable that uh, you're going to screw it up. And then, you know, I think he screwed this up big time. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, we invited you in because uh, we, we, we sit on pretty opposite poles of mm-hmm. most issues. At the same time, uh, we've talked about this. You, you are sort of in the same camp that, that, that I am and, and that uh, a lot of liberals are in terms of not, not particularly appreciating what the, the president is doing here. Well, I've not seen many people on my side of the aisle that right. were all that. So, right, Carl Rove had an excellent column uh, yesterday's Wall Street Journal talking about um, all the damage this done and did, and how uh, how he could have done it so much differently, and perhaps not have created this storm that he created, and still um, accomplish perhaps accomplish something that might have needed to be done rather than you know, throwing this out there as little more than fulfillment of a campaign promise without any clear objective. Well, you know, th- there was a really great story on NPR this morning talking about, talking to a, a, a refugee from Syria who went through the process and actually gained admission to the United States. It was an 18-month process uh, that included uh, all kinds of uh, background checks uh, included many face-to-face interviews. Uh, the idea that somehow people are streaming over the border from places like Syria is a false one. And the, uh, I think it raises the question, what is it that he wants us to do? Well, if, if it's not to ban them, which is what he's done, what does he want to What does he want to? I think two different issues. I think um, our situation in America is different than that of Europe because it's hard to smuggle in uh, refugees to America. As you say, uh, there's a long process. I'm on record as supporting uh, Rick Snyder in wanting more Syrian refugees here. In fact, I wrote a year ago that we should take all 50,000 of them as long as they agree to settle in Detroit. That could be a real... Um, boon surge in our effort to repopulate the city and and we have a a support community here we've had a very strong uh, muslim american arab american community communities here and you know they we've seen in south south dearborn how entrepreneurial they are and and the the difference they can make uh to a local economy i think it would be wonderful to have them here uh, you know, I think that the refugees are one issue. I think um, we have been concerned 
uh, for a number of years, both this administration, this new administration, and the last one about um, you know, the refugees from these seven countries where the, there's been a uh, more or less a breakdown in the civil structure and there are terrorist uh, strongholds there. I think you do have to be a little more careful and spend a little more time figuring out who you're getting and who you're not. Um, but, I mean, there's ways to do that without just simply throwing a yeah. bomb. Well, and that, again, that raises the question of what his goal is. I mean, this is somebody who campaigned the entire time on the idea that he would that he would ban Muslims. He would ban Muslim immigration here in in the United States. Uh, this is a this is a step toward that. So is he is he looking toward his supporters, saying, "Look, I, this was the promise I made. I I, I want to keep it." Uh, or is there an actual policy goal? And and yeah. if it's if it's playing to his supporters, why is that not just playing to religious bigotry? Well. I mean, I wrote about this earlier in the week. I think his goal is to prove that he will do what he said he was going to do on the campaign trail and to deliver as many of these promises as rapidly as he can. The danger of that is, you know, a lot of these things are pretty complicated policy and really merit a lot more thought and certainly a lot uh, a lot more careful implementation than we've seen we saw on this this man. So, I, you know, I think his overall objective is nothing more than to stand up at the end of the week and say, look what I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, let's let's say for the record, that's not a way to be president. Uh, <laughs> it's not the way to lead the country. It's also not the way to manage the government. The things that, that weren't accounted for here uh, in terms of, you know, how it would affect government implementation even of it are, are, are pretty stunning. Well, the, uh, the first mistake was, again, that you move with this before you get your secretary of state in place, before you get your attorney general in place, before you get the people in place who might be able to temper this decision or take it in a different direction or, or at least start the apparatus working to support it. And he had none of that. It seemed impulsive. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Uh, my guest is Nolan Finley, the editorial page editor of the Detroit News. Uh, we have him here Friday today to play the opposite role in the studio, uh, push back against the things that I believe and say on this program. We've been doing that uh, every Friday this year uh, on Detroit Today. We plan to continue it uh, as an effort to reach out to people who think differently and uh, believe in different things. Uh, I think that's uh, particularly important right now, given the pretty rough year we had last year, being at each other's throats the entire time, all the way through the election. And I don't think we're going to sort of relax that position anytime soon, given what the new president wants to do. Uh, you want to join the conversation, talk about the, the Muslim ban, which we were just talking about, the immigration ban, uh, 313-577-1019. We're also going to talk about uh, some other issues at the national and local level. Uh, I want to talk with Do with Nolan about Dodd-Frank uh, regulations that uh, Trump is targeting now. That's something we definitely disagree about, I think. Uh, also talk about Microsoft moving its office from Southfield to downtown Detroit, just the latest in uh, the saga, the narrative of Detroit's uh, financial and economic comeback. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter 
and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, the, the Dodd-Frank uh, uh, regulatory scheme, which came about as a result of the mortgage crisis, uh, has has been a target of, of Republican criticism for some time. Uh, Donald Trump now says uh, he wants to start rolling it back uh from my chair this is this is playing with fire uh the if anything we need to be going back to glass steagall not talking about getting rid of dodd frank and glass steagall of course was a banking regulation that was much tighter uh, that was a uh, repealed i believe in the late 90s uh, the early 2000s and it led to this this sort of irresponsible banking behavior that we've seen over the last 10 or 15 years, and it will continue. We'll go back to that, I believe, if you get rid of Dodd-Frank. And I, I have never quite understood uh, what the objections to Dodd-Frank really are, given that even since then, uh, the banks have made plenty of money. Wall Street has gone bananas. Uh, we're at 20000 on the Dow recently. So what this idea that Dodd-Frank is somehow uh, cabining growth or restricting uh, economic activity, I'm not, I guess well, I'm I mean, not sure what's, been, what the problem is. You know, it's been good for some big banks, Steve, but I mean, it has been a drag on the economy and it has hurt places like Detroit. Uh, much harder to get a mortgage today in in at-risk communities because of the over-restrictions of Dodd-Frank. It was an overreaction to a problem. Certainly something had to be done, um, but Dodd-Frank went, went too far. There are fewer community banks today because of Dodd-Frank, so those small banks, particularly in rural communities and in communities like Detroit, we have seen a number of our community banks go out of business or up. merge or yeah. swallow it up. And so um, that makes it harder for a small business in a community to have a banker who will take a risk on him or her and say, look, this is an investment in our community. Uh, you know, large banks tend not to do that so much. And I think there has been a lot of, of over restrictions in Dodd-Frank that should be examined and eased. I mean, you put a piece of um, regulation in place, you put a piece of legislation in place and you look at it for a while. If it's not working, it is not an admission of defeat to fix it. And I, I think now everything in Washington um, from Obamacare to this and, and, and what have you is we, we can't change anything or we would be admitting we were wrong. And oh, I don't think anyone's think, had that position on Obamacare. No well, one's taken that That's absolutely the position on absolutely Obamacare. Absolutely not. Democrats well, have never said. Okay, we where's can't the Democrat it? solution to the problems Obamacare has caused? Uh, the, the Democrats They've have not talked about lots on, of things. They've not put a single thing on the table. Well, because the the Republicans were busy saying, "Let's just repeal it." So you've got I mean, you haven't you, had Democratic you've got control. People who can't. You had a Democratic president. It was his bill. He doesn't introduce legislation, Nolan. He certainly doesn't, but he he had um, Democrats in Congress who could have. I mean, you don't just say, "Well, we're not going to introduce legislation because we don't think we can get it passed." I don't. Th I think that's a real <clears throat> mischaracterization no, of the. They Democratic have not position. put a fix on the table. Well, and, neither of the Republicans. And, and this, well, they they had three bills introduced last week. Uh, so th those aren't those are not fixes. Those are repeals. No, the the um, senators put in place bills that would. Um, 
replace Obamacare, move Obamacare into a system more like Michigan has, more like Ohio has, with the more like the Healthy Michigan program. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. Well, we disagree on that, obviously. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Lots of people on the phones waiting to talk to you, Nolan. So I'm going to let them have at you. Uh, let's go to Brian first in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey, how are you? All right. I just got a question about pollution. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Republican Party wants to pollute the air and pollute the water more and more every time they say, well, it'll create jobs. I agree with you, and Brian. And <laughs> I agree with you, Brian. Them. That is the problem, that the GOP supports pollution. They don't value the air. They don't value clean water. Exactly. Not over money. <laughs> the money is more important or uh, yeah, no. more important than clean water. Yeah. But, no, Brian, Brian, I'm glad you called and said that. I mean, obviously... I, I think that's a bit of a, a hyperbole. I don't think, you think? I, I don't think uh, Republicans uh, like pollution or don't value clean air quality. But there is a there is a fundamental. This is one of the fundamental differences between the two parties. Republicans put money first, and they put economic growth first a lot of times before uh, things like clean air or clean water. And that's how we end up in these situations that uh, that that I think end up painting. Republicans as somehow callous. Uh, and, and, and even though uh, I think deep down that's not what the, is going on, it is, though, a prioritization of money and the economy over these other things. I think that's absolutely a misstatement, Steve. I think Republicans <laughs> value the environment. I'm a conservative. I value the environment. But I think you also need to weigh the consequences of regulation. You need to balance. You value the, the economy need, more. You need to balance the needs of the environment with the needs of the people. A lot of people um, being put out of work by these regulations and, and that we put in place. And some of them we put in place simply because they were feel good legislation by its by the EPA's own admission the clean power plan will not cut global warming but they put it in place to make a statement and a whole lot of people you know in some very hard places lost their jobs because of it and I think you've got to weigh impact I think everybody shares the goal of pushing forward on on cleaning the environment and keeping it clean I think um, conservatives uh, more much more reliant and hopeful that technology will develop to accomplish what we want. And I think Democrats oftentimes push rec- uh, regulations ahead of our ability to to meet them. I think that's true in the auto industry. Yeah, we've had, that, we've had that conversation before. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I agree with you. I think uh, that you push for... Uh, you push for the human goal, and ultimately that will serve the economic goal. And I think, the, again, the difference is uh, that, that that conservatives believe you push for the economic goal, and somehow the serve the market will serve the human goal. And I just don't I don't think well, except that history the, bears that out. It's the human beings who are paying the consequence of these regulations, and, and but it's human beings who pay the consequences of. Clean, and have dirty I, and air and said, dirty water. You you have to balance, find a balance here, and you have to to um, weigh all of the consequences and make make decisions based on how they affect people. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got more calls here. Paul in Pontiac, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, how are so, you? So I apologize because you struck a chord earlier, but I'm going <laughs> to call you out. Um, you frequently have discussions on this uh, program about us needing to think regionally. It's not about any one little community. 
Right. But then when we talk about a business moving from Southfield to Detroit, and that's a great thing to, for Detroit. So what about Southfield? Yeah, that's a uh, Paul, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I'm glad you called and, and asked that. Uh, uh, Nolan, I'll give you I'll give you first crack at it and then I'll, I'll try to. Answer. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a that's one of the issues when you have a, a community with an overall region with very little growth. Uh, you end up cannibalizing one community to boost another. We've been doing that here for decades. I mean, it happened first to Detroit. Now it's happening to the suburbs. It's a something I know L. Brooks Patterson's passionate about. I'll give the example of Quicken Loans. When Quicken Loans pulled out of Livonia, they, I, you know, which is where I live, a uh, whole lot of people out there weren't so happy because that was a huge employer, occupied a big footprint. But look at the difference Quicken Loan has made downtown and the impact that's had on the region as a whole. So sometimes I think it's it's a, a little more layered than than it appears at first, but I agree. I mean, we our goal should be growing this region so that when a new business locates, it's not necessarily pulling it from somewhere else in our region, but a startup or somewhere out of state. Uh, we need more people, more businesses overall. Yeah, well, and there's also this this sort of sense that uh uh, if you invest in the core of a region, right, and if you sort of agree that downtown Detroit was the original core, uh, that there is growth that that reaches to to other places. And so, if a, if a single business moves from Southfield downtown, that the the regional effect of that business being downtown, uh, helping to create critical mass down there. Uh, with all of the other things that are going on, it has a benefit for the entire region. Now, is that uh, is that an easy pill for people in Southfield, for instance, to swallow, or in Livonia when when someone leaves? No, but the reason that I, I mean, I would argue that the reason that growth is so uh, spotty or uh, slow in this region is because we've had that core. Uh, hollowed out for so long. I mean, there's no other city in America where you can argue that uh, it's strong because it has a weak downtown. But that, you know, but that's what makes it tough because as the core sort of um, disappeared in, in, in this region, as it became weaker and weaker, uh, other places grew up to compensate for it. You had, you know, retail grow up in Oakland County and office buildings in Southfield and Troy and Dearborn. Uh, you know, people made up for the fact that they didn't have a strong downtown core by creating sort of mini cores throughout the region. And that's hard for them to give up or, yeah. or see threatened. Yeah. All right. Nolan Finley, editorial page editor of the Detroit News. We have more calls, but uh, I got to let you go because I got to get to the next segment. So done? <laughs> so you're done. Well, you had a good fight. You're done. Yeah, we did. We fought about the uh, okay. Affordable Care Act. I have to do better next time. Consistently call Obamacare. That's one of the more insulting terms. I, I, I fall into it too. President I, called it that. I do that because uh, <laughs> you know you get I to rise out. I can see your hairs grow <laughs> up. <laughs> right. All right, Nolan. <laughs> thanks for being here. All right, up next, we're going to talk a little football. Super Bowl is this weekend. We're going to talk about the intersection of the biggest game in town and the state of American politics. Stay with us on Detroit today. 